0: just a rapper to these rappers, I swear I'm they father figure Yeah, I'm your father figure, who oh. I swear I'm your father figure oh. No, no, you, you I'm
1: your father figure Not just a rapper to these rappers, I swear I'm my father figure oh.
2: My dad did teach me a lot, and I'm fortunate to have him in my life, but we did have a very complicated relationship at different points in times. But one of the things that I've always championed him for is his ability to relate and genuinely connect to people. And I know that I do pull a lot of that from where he's come into play in my life. Oh, it's so I always I love. I eat beats, watch me dining,
0: shining. I illuminate the rooms that I'm in, timing. Loki ain't more crucial than alignment. That's why the flow is intertwined with both, and I'm defiling. Every beat I'm
2: on, even though What's good, everybody? What's good? Welcome back to yet another episode of Off The Strength, where we're giving you the inside look into all things wellness culture. I'm a trainer called Tony, and of course, with me, I got some gentlemen of extraordinary league guys. Let's go around the table and introduce ourselves, please.
0: You're a trainer, Corey, your favorite trainer's favorite trainer. If you don't call our
1: entertainer. KR Jones is in the building.
2: <laughs> wow. There we go. That's right, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of all type, you are now in store for a treat because we are back in the building. It is a variety hour. That's when we give you our best foot forward. So hopefully you take your best foot forward and you do that two step, that tango, whatever it is you need to do to the best goddamn information in this wellness industry. Oh. That's what I'm saying. That's what we're here for. My fellas is here to enlighten you. And apparently, Corey's here to do something else. Corey, I'm going to start with you. Corey, you going to do whatever you got to do. Let the good people know. Yeah. What has happened to you in this past week, my friend?
0: Man, I went out, uh, got to see my mom. Hadn't seen her in a few years, See my pops. I got to see my little sisters. And, you know, not to tell the story mad long, but they're not my biological sisters, but they're my family. One of the things I realized in seeing them was that they're the main reason why I molded the way I look at how I interact with women and my relationship with women. You know, like growing up as a very 90s dude listening to, you know, like Slick Rick and all of that. Your idea of what your relationship with women is supposed to be if you listen to the music and the culture is not it. That's not it. That's not how you're supposed to look at women and looking at them as equal people and figuring out the first step to being woke, so to speak really came from them and having to look at them and as someone to protect them and changing the my idea of what I look at life is and I just I wanted to just share that 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 was that moment I realized it was meeting them and getting them in my life
2: righteous brother righteous getting the family affair on making sure that you team up with everybody I love hearing it brother Jones what's the word what's going on with you this week my friend let the listeners know what you've been up to
1: Oh man, I, I've been in the celebratory mood for sure uh, My little sister's birthday was on the 2nd My mother's is on the 6th And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the great one You know, uh, Hove, B-Day, you know, being on the 4th So I think uh, it's just been one of those times to reflect And, and especially look back into uh, my entrepreneurial life You know, UND, NYC. go ahead and shop, baby UND, yeah, yeah. you know, That's how we doing it. go ahead and shop, if you will But um, really just having holding space for being happy and being sad and being grateful and being appreciative and all of these different things man it's just been a
2: hell of a week i understand that sentiment entirely my brother now i'm just gonna go back and highlight that my man put ho's birthday slightly above his own blood in that in that breakdown that kyle just gave you so. just a
1: little bit it was above my <laughs> sis <laughs> but below mom dukes right. you know what i mean so we will go mom Hove Hove
0: six. 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 Alright, cool, that's, cool, cool. That's, that's that's how the love goes. Here we Two, go, four,
2: six, baby. Listen, I'm not even mad at how you broke that down, but when this gets replayed, you <laughs> might get a call. That's all I'm just trying to it's let you love, know. It's all love, baby. It's all
1: love from <laughs> the Jones family.
2: I love it. Keeping up with the Joneses is how we're trying to move on that next side. And man, as you're talking about, I had a little bit of a complicated situation on the family front too, fellas, as we have already stated in the past episode. We're coming back inside off of a holiday week that didn't necessarily feel like holiday. And I'm going to say that I probably wasn't the only one out here in the world that didn't necessarily feel in the holiday spirit coming into that side. But I was able to find solace in the fact, Kyle, much like you and much like Corey, that you do have that camaraderie that you have with family that you might not have necessarily talked to for a little bit. And you get to be around them for a little while while you're coming back in there. You know, you do get a chance to remind yourself of what your foundation was like. You know, what was really formative in the years that you were Putting the blocks together that would make you into the man that you see here before us today. So I do champion that and I do see a lot of architecture that came about by means of me being around family, even though it wasn't necessarily for the happiest of times, but we are moving forward in that same reflection. And I do say, my fellas, as I look forward, the horizon always looks better than what the rear view brings into it, my friend. So I like to move in that direction because we will be moving in a brighter day, in a brighter direction going down the line. And that's that's what I'm really resonating with coming into this week and on that note we got to get the people something that's going to resonate with them to get them that same kind of hope coming into this week man you know we got to make sure that we give them the answers the insight the direction the compass like fortitude to be able to make different choices Day by day. That means we got to put these people on game out here, my step man. Step by step. You know this. I said best goddamn information. I mean that. Put it on everything. <laughs> Corey, what's going on this week
0: as yes we sir. put people
2: on game? Let's let them know.
0: So we came in with a really deep intellectual question today. And the wild part about this particular question is that it came up from two different people. What is the one exercise you can use to increase the quality of your sexual
2: performance? hmm Oh, I see this coming up from two different people, you say.
0: Two different folks. That's, two a, folks. that's a wild coincidence for this particular, very specific question.
2: Different strokes, different folks, apparently. This is what that, we're going to come down answer? into. <laughs> <laughs> it actually is. I'm going to go ahead and jump into this conversation for a little bit, my man. There is different strokes for different folks because <laughs> not everybody necessarily is trying to do the same things in this environment. So the first thing I would say is when you're doing that self-assessment, what level are you really pulling up to? <laughs> And what's your partner pulling up to as well? You got to make sure that if you're tangoing or partners, whatever you're doing, you want to make sure that, let's just say, skill set is amicable across the table. Would that be fair enough, Jen? What
0: you're saying is you don't yeah, want to yeah, come yeah. up playoff P.
2: Listen, if you got somebody in your repertoire mm-hmm. that is a little bit more athletic, you might have to do some more athletic shit. All right. If you're trying to get back into a position where you know maybe you ain't been doing your toe touches, your, your reaches, and all the rest of that stuff, you might be a little tighter. That's going to take away some options for you. So when you're talking about exercise, I'm always going to say flexibility is going to be key when you're making that transition. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you that a deadlift is going to come into play in somehow, some way. And if you don't do it, you should be. All right. And then last thing I'd say to add a little bit more power to that deadlift, put some kettlebell swings in your action. Go ahead and thank you, boy. That. After that, that <laughs> you know I mean? you get that hip work. <laughs> full extension, all the time. You, you can know, squeeze an extra inch out if you get good hip mobility. Gold medalist, right here, for sure. <laughs> you know, and
1: brother Tone and I used to work out a lot, and we had a uh, full body karate in the streets. Right. I'm glad you clarified that. I <laughs> yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got nervous. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. No, I got nervous. <laughs> nah. I was like, hey, I ain't gonna judge, <laughs> but uh.
1: That is (laughs) not how it works. We're going to slide past that. (laughs) Now, to answer your question, because all that got cut out. You know what I'm saying? That (laughs) is not going to be on the edit. All that got cut out. It's
2: not going to be an episode at all.
1: I would like to say that you need to have a compound movement to get you where you need to be, right? Break that down, bro. So if I'm thinking about a dumbbell, right? I'm doing multiple exercises with this dumbbell. It might be a deadlift first. I'm going to bring them up to a nice clean. I'm going to squat, and then I'm going to press overhead, right? So with those three movements, that alone is going to prepare me to pick you up. (laughs) Okay, you're getting dynamic with it. Put you down. (laughs) And then maybe we can go to pound
0: time. Okay, pound (laughs) So you're trying Take to get with the down. African squatting frog. My man. I've been
1: known to have African frog squat in my life. All right. So in order to get that movement, you need the complex movement that we spoke about. Grab you two dumbbells, preferably something that's a little bit heavy, over the 30 or 30, in between 30 and 50. You get what I'm saying? You need a deadlift. You need to bring it up for the clean. You need to squat it down. For the front squat, you need to press it overhead as you go over top. That movement right there, get your reps, get your sets and give your best. All right. I'm going to share a little thing
0: with you. I like to call the two-finger V-up. The most important muscles when getting into your sexual performance is your transverse abdominus and your pelvic floor muscles, right? You want to get those in there. So you lay flat on your back. What the two fingers are doing is you pick your feet up and your hands up, stretch them out. So your feet are arms up above your head. Feet are stretched out straight. Pick them up two fingers off the ground. Two fingers high off the ground. Hold that there. Bring your upper body and your lower body up at the same time into your V. Control that. Pull in that belly button so you're getting that transverse engaged and slowly lower it back down to the ground. Pick that up and put that down as many times as you can. Two-finger V up. That's going to get that core engagement. Get that hip nice and strong. Get all that work going. So in case... You might have lost some of your core strength through the quarantine you can get real clean with. It. That'll yeah. help with the orgasm, too. You pull that belly button in when you're about to let that go.
2: You need good pelvic floor integrity Yes, what sir. we're trying to tell you yeah. all the way across that side. So from doing all of the strength and power moves, last thing I'd say, just make sure you have some stamina to your situation. Otherwise, we're going to be here today. Yeah. Going yeah. You going to last too long. <laughs> hey, If
0: you can't last, you
2: last. Is hey, what I'm there saying. we go. There we go. And hopefully that answered every question that needed to be answered inside of the direction that we need to go in for put you on game and as that train leaves this station we gotta keep on keeping on folks it is time it's time for that rip from the headlines and we are going to try to give you the good the bad and the ugly but I'm gonna be honest outside it's kinda ugly fellas so we gonna go through this as best as we possibly can with the intention on finding the good in these first couple of stories we searching for good i'm searching for good in this, good in this world out here Corey. i'm really looking around for good in particular because i've been trying to tell people about this ugliness that i've seen for a long time so i at least think that it's a good thing that the rest of the industry is actually starting to pay attention to what i thought was alarmist by nature in general so to the lay people out here Corey, club industry is the industry predicator for what fitness and wellness, by and large, at least in the U.S., looks like. And you guys familiar with that club industry? For my listeners out there who might not be gym owners, operators, or people who are looking to buy bulk equipment, they might not know what club industry is, right? They are akin to a trade show. That puts on all this information for everybody that is inside the U.S. that is in the business of being in fitness. So studying the industry and understanding what they're talking about and understanding where they're going and what they're paying attention to has been a thing that I've been trying to do for a long time. Now, if you have listened to this show at any point in time, I've been trying to wave a particular flag. That flag was going in the direction of, hey, these tech people out here, they might not have your best interest in mind. Now I've spoken at Club Industry, I've done presentations there, I've had all different types of equipment that I've had to sell in previous lifestyles, so I know they know who I am. I'm saying that to say, I know that they've heard this from me before, and it was good for me to see that eventually this information came up to the top when I'm looking at the front page of Club Industry saying oh my god, tech giants of Silicon Valley, are they friend or are they folk?" God damn it!
0: Are so they whispering what you're screaming, to
2: It's only been a couple years. <laughs> I've only been at this conference saying the same thing. Hey, those guys across the table, they don't seem like they ready for the same thing you ready for. And they look like they're really about to jump in here. So I was happy at least to see that. You know what? I'm not fucking crazy this week. So I'm pretty happy to see that. Everybody that's inside of the club, the gatekeepers, because it's really who the club industry is predicated by, most of the old money inside the fitness industry. And what they're now realizing is, oh shit, we're about to have no money inside the fitness industry. (laughs) So as they're coming about and looking at the massive leaps that Apple, Facebook, Mirror, Tonal, and a list of things that you might have heard on this podcast that I've talked about are... Existential threats to what typical business has been. And unless you get down, you're going to have to lay down Baby inside. Singing. Hey, listen, this is where we at. Friend of foe, state your biz. And it looks like the business of fitness is getting a little bit contested across some fronts. I'm just happy that other people are seeing this, fellas. I don't even know if this friend of foe really is something that I need to jump into too much for the back and forth. But how do you feel about hearing apparently we were on the right track? So, so hold on, Tony This is the good? This is the good. I was right. Damn. I'm taking that celebration.
0: So the good is this fucked up thing you was right about for a while. At least they figured it out.
2: If you would have listened, you would have been able to sidestep. All right. That's how I feel good about it. You know, I'm going to keep this in the good. All right.
0: Whisper (laughs) what Tony screams.
2: Been saying it. Been saying it for a long time. (laughs) 10 and no, huh? It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what it was.
1: That's, that's all I got for that. Man. I appreciate
2: it, man. And you know what? The sidestep to this, because it's also something that's in this the convergence of what healthcare and technology has been coming off. And I'm seeing that this would be something that can have some potential good in it. But I will also underline that there's going to be a lot of things that most people aren't going to pay attention about this next deal when we see that Amazon is now jumping into the pharmacy business with online prescription fulfillment that can be delivered to you for free from Prime members. Now, the fact that you can get your prescription at home for people who can't leave their home, I'm going to put that in a good category because we are getting medicine to people who need it. Now, everything else about this, I'm going to tell you, much like I told those other people, this is going to be a bad time. (laughs) This is not going to be something that in the long run is going to be a good look. Remember previous episodes, we spoke about Both Apple and Google already taking over what health insurance was doing. Amazon now taking on what the fulfillment side of that or the medicine side of the health industry is meaning that tech is starting to move forward. Typically, this would be called a monopoly if it weren't happening about people who had a lot of money to make you not call it a monopoly. (laughs) So as we're transitioning from the good, I'm going to move into the bad this week. That's right. The bad is a little bit worse than what that just was because if you do point these things out, chances are you might be in danger of losing your goddamn job, especially if you point it out to one of the companies I just finished mentioning. So when I saw that in the Chicago Tribune, a Google researcher who was complaining about these things and even said that, hey, this AI that we built has implicit and inherent bias because we don't got a lot of other people inside this room. She was immediately fired for making this report known. And then, took to the internets as she should and started to broadcast this information a little bit more. Now fellas, this is another story. It has a caveat that sounds a little bit familiar. Hey, if we're not in these rooms, they're not going to represent you. No matter how good you think they are, and I'm, I could tell you that this is a company that I can't get away from, I know we can't get away from it, but if they're controlling one side and they're treating you like this, realize what that means on the opposite side. There's implicit and inherent bias, not just in your search engine, but inside the healthcare system, inside the Things that you use every day, how are we supposed to be valued in a system that's telling you this? And then when you report it, firing you.
0: First off, let me jump on that. Getting your drugs delivered to you from Amazon. There's times where the convenient thing and the easy thing isn't always the best thing for you, like getting your lemon pepper wings at a strip club. Sometimes that's not the way to go.
2: Magic City got good wings,
1: though. I mean, the wing, you can't, you can't deny a good wing. If the, if the I'm wing is there. At the strip club, fam. <laughs> if the wing is there, I, I'm there. But, uh, to your point, Tony, man, I think about, uh, the spook that sat by the door. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we spoke on that. We spoke on, you know, Nipsey Hustle saying that. We spoke on the literature behind it. I mean, I'm not surprised that if you're going to blow the whistle, they're going, you know, get you out the game real soon, real early. So, I mean, that, that, that seems par for the course, unfortunately.
2: Yeah. When they're firing people on the ethical AI team, chances are they're trying to do something unethical. I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> But when you look at these names and numbers and you're just like why'd she get fired? That seems like a very ethical decision that she's making. The and
0: government seems to be doing the same exact thing, shockingly like, enough.
2: Yeah, it's like, hey, we you are reporting too well. Sorry, yeah. you got to go.
0: You in charge of oversight, you see too much.
2: Can't see that, right? And now as <laughs> see ethics. See <the> Yeah, <laughs> see your way out. That's exactly what they hit you with. They're just like, yo, make sure you cover yourself. Don't use no technology from here on out because we're going to try to mess your life up.
0: Put on a code, it's code that's
2: Crazy, right? And if ethics are the thing of concern, fellas, I got to leave out of this bed and go into some ugly when I'm looking at an article from Gothamist and our city, New York City, Everybody's familiar with the New York City Marathon. Unfortunately, we did not have a chance to have it happen this year, but apparently we had a chance to look around and see what some of these organizations are doing. And as we are paying attention now more than ever, when you see something, people are now starting to feel empowered to say something on their way, right? So in an article from Gothamist, we found out why the CEO to New York Run Runners had to step down amidst allegations of workplace racism and setting a environment riddled with sexual innuendo and things that are making people feel extremely uncomfortable. In the article, the CEO goes on to acknowledge the fact that he's aware of the reasons why they said that he should step down and he is going to step down. There's almost a direct quote inside that. He's like, I I acknowledge the things that they are saying and I'm going to step down. Now this is a person with a really good lawyer because he was able to (laughs) not necessarily say that he was guilty, he didn't admit to anything, but he acknowledged it and then stepped down immediately after that. That means to me there will be some lawsuits coming down the line. Yeah, he better step out. Fellas, how you feel about the road runners?
1: Sound like he came around the wrong folks. He was not running. <laughs> no, man, I, I think that uh, it's more fail, if you will. Uh, that's, that's really bad information there. I, unfortunately, the, that Me Too movement, man, is not even going to escape the, the wellness industry. So, again, that's more fail.
0: Y'all better watch out, man. Stop acting up.
2: He goes down a list of a lot of ugly things that this man was doing inside this uh, article. And I am going to say that this will be the first of many other people that will be exposed in this industry across multiple different organizations because changing the guard is starting to look a little bit different. And we have had some secrets that have not been told for a long time in this wild world of wellness. Now, I could tell you, folks, I never like to bring you the bad information. I Try to only bring you the good. But the good, the bad and the ugly, if we can talk to them. Directly, And if we could really be honest with ourselves, hopefully we clear up some of this ugliness that's out here. Hopefully we get these folks right up out the box and we could see right on into a new day. My brother, we're going to move into the next direction. And hopefully this is a clear path for my man, Corey, stepping right on up. Corey, what's going on this week in this moment of clarity?
0: Man, thank God for giving me this moment of clarity. I want to I want to share with y'all some some knowledge and advice that I got from my pop. One thing about my father is he's one of those like teach by example type of dudes he's not really a you know do as I say not as I do he really is a do as I do cause I ain't saying shit that's really how he goes about it he she shows you what he's doing and two of the main things I learned from him one he sat me down and he went over his finances with me in order for me to understand what to do when he's no no longer here and it was like a sad thing but it but it also taught me a lot and one of the main things was that Life is very short, but if you don't plan for it, well, it's very long. Like he's just retired and he's set up for his retirement in in a good fashion. So I don't have to worry about him. And that's one of the big things is, you know, like worrying about your parents as they get older. How are you taking care of? And it made me realize that I don't have a good enough plan for me. And I keep thinking about the aspect of, you know, being generally by myself, not having kids or anything like that. Like I don't have to really plan for long term, but I do have to plan for long term for myself. And, you know, for my lady and like moving forward, like, what am I going to do? You know, so that idea that life is short, if you, you want to enjoy it, you have a limited amount of time, but it's also very long. You have to plan for the end of life. And when you start to cool down and in our heavy hustle to move forward and build and set up and get the legacy and all that other stuff, sometimes we forget that you also have to plan for your own relaxation. It's almost looking at it from the aspect of your, your kinetic work, your building, and then your recovery. Like, you got that long-term time when you get too old to really work that hard. How are you going to live? What are you going to plan for? And the other thing is that he taught me that you can't define your life by what you leave behind when you're gone. So you want to plan for what's going to happen as you ease back, but you have to remember that life is about now. You plan for the future, but you have to live for now. And of The of the idea that we always define or look at legacy as being what happens when I'm gone or what's reminded of me when I'm gone or who's going to be here to remember me. Also remember that you have to be in this particular moment right now. This may very well be your last one. So plan for this second and then plan for all the seconds that are coming, forward. What I want to ask for y'all, because I know you're going to drop some deep knowledge on this, is tell me what you learned from your father.
1: When I was younger, my pops never beat me. He would make me work out. So, you know, when he did that initially, I used to think because I was heavier, it was like, yo, he doubted me. He doubted that I could do this when he was like, yo, give me 40 pushups right now. I'm like, oh, you think I can't do 40? I'm going to give you 40 of my strongest pushups and make you look silly. But um, I think in the intern, it was really him teaching me to, to motivate myself. And, uh, the things that he would force me to do exercises for were things that were like making sure my bed was made when I left the crib or making sure I did the dishes or making sure I did my chores, like cleaning the bathroom and things of that nature, which are vital and crucial to me to this day because, you know, I got to keep the house clean when I leave. And, you know, it, it laid down a foundation for me to continue to build on the person that I am present day. And that was when I was like 12. So we talking you know, 10, 15, 17 years later, I'm still doing the same thing.
2: My dad did teach me a lot and I'm fortunate to have him in my life, but we did have a very complicated relationship at different points in times. But one of the things that I've always championed him for is his ability to relate and genuinely connect to people. And I know that I do pull a lot of that from where he's come into play in my life. It's something that he does in earnest. It's something that he's genuinely conditioned for. We'd be going into the grocery store and I'd be so mad. Sometimes it's like, yo, damn dad, I just wanted to get these Cheerios, get up out of the house, right? It don't have to be a full conversation with the person at the checkout. But the respect that he showed that person to the respect that he showed anybody that was in his proper workspace or the respect that he showed people in the family was something that I always held at a high regard. Another thing that I learned from my father, and I would say that's, that's probably tertiary in the full gamut of it, is you are important and valuable minus the thing that you actually do. And I really didn't appreciate that until it was something that I had to have relearn in life. For me, this whole crazy ass game called life, the lessons that you got to pay the most attention to will reoccur in your life at different increments. And if you really start to pay attention to them, you can see the pattern by which they start to come back inside of your psychosphere. So in that direction, it took me a couple of times to pick that lesson up when I was valuing the wrong things or I was going into the wrong directions or I might have praised certain things versus others. But my value system was always something that shouldn't have been in question and I might have put that there before I really realized what the lesson really was. I do shout out my pops for that because I do see how he lived in that reflection.
0: So Tone has given us that no matter what you do, you still hold your value. Brother Jones has given us that part of that value is defined by you and how you motivate yourself and what you put together in your own side that's a
2: word right there brother making sure that everybody is coming through and we get that value system in place shout out to pops for giving out all the good info making sure that we became the men that we are today fellas I'm feeling pretty good about these men on this side how y'all sound? I'm proud of me yeah, yeah. I mean damn we done raised you up from the wee little all the way up to the big bigs and if we raise it you know what i this.
1: A lowercase K.
2: Now you big K. You
1: know what I'm saying? Yeah, man? <laughs> Nickname K Rock, so they leave me alone. <laughs> Don't even do that. Back then,
2: that's what you had. That's, that, what, that's what you was going. Already, man. <laughs> well raise this damn thing up, my man. Big K.
1: <laughs> well, we gonna raise the bar just a little bit, fellas, man. In this time of of reflection, and as we close the the end of the year. I was thinking about this being the longest that I've been unemployed since the age of 14. Mm. Right. My first job was 14 and I haven't been unemployed since. So we are talking a solid 15 years of just work religiously. And, you know, being in this time to, to reflect, I thought about, man, there were three jobs that were my first to some degree that I felt were very pivotal in my career. So I just kind of wanted to reflect on those. So first was my job at McDonald's. Like I mentioned, I was 14 years old, man. McDonald's taught me how to hustle. It taught me about supply and demand. We talking about customer service. We talking about franchising, like all of these things that were foundational to a 14 year old that really taught me the business. My first adult job was working you know, I, I ain't even going to name it. We're going to say The Box. We was working in The Box, if you will. That can go a lot of ways, man. <laughs> that can go a lot of ways thinking about it. <laughs> gonna, so, we're go going off. back to our earlier Kyle, segment. I'm gonna go ahead,
2: Kyle, I'm going to go ahead and let you know there is a place called The Box that you probably don't want to say that really? that's where you're first Yeah, okay, that is well. not the place. There's a spot in the city that... I'll show you with the box Who's in the box? Oh, uh, in the box? What's in the
1: box? <laughs> second spot that i was talking about was equinox that was my first job as an adult as a personal trainer out of college it was it was something that taught me about entrepreneurialism uh how to be my own boss how to handle scheduling and bookkeeping time management client retention all of these things the last job that was my first was working with the jordan brand right so working with Jordan Brand. Being around uh, celebrities and, and people and understanding the importance of your relationships and your value and your place in space, I just think that these three jobs were very pivotal in molding me as a businessman, as a person, as a human, as a professional in the wellness industry. So my question to you, Brother Tone, right? I know you're a man of, of many talents. You have worn and still wear many hats to this day. Hats don't really fit on Tone here.
2: Ironically not. Yeah. Ironically <laughs> Many not. visors. <laughs> <laughs> but he
1: wears many hats. Can you reflect on a job that you held that was rather minuscule but was coincidentally foundational for you present day?
2: Absolutely, man. I really do look back at all of the jobs that I've had fondly today because I know that in some way, shape, or form, they prepared me to be the person that I am Right now. So in every way, shape or form, my first from my first first job, which was me forging papers as summer youth. I think that's past the, you know, statute of limitations. To get that's inside why I'm this naming way. names.
1: I'm like, yeah, we passed that.
2: We passed the statute on that one. So I, I was a camp counselor a year earlier than I could have been a camp counselor. But money made sense at that point in time. So I had some stuff. I had some needs. We did some things with some papers and I made it all the way through the summer until they found out the last week. So I got paid every single time. Love that side. Immediately after that, I went into what I would say was my first brush of understanding what entrepreneurialism was when I was working for a man by the name of Kevin Davis. Now, Kevin Davis, I haven't seen or talked to Kevin in quite some time, but he was one of the first entrepreneurs that I knew that had a butcher shop. He had a GNC and he had a Subway sandwich place that was in 30 Rockefeller Center. And at the age of 14, I was moving units, moving crazy units. And I'm talking about he was the number one subway, at least at that point in time, in probably all of the U.S. because of how many people just I mean, he's in 30 Rock vertically like yeah. were inside the building. Right. So and I'm talking about running up and down, I'm doing deliveries, all the rest of this kind of stuff. So it was not necessarily the work that I wanted to do ultimately. But I saw seeing a black man own a business was an important event in my life. Nobody in my family had done that. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at all the different types of businesses that he had. And I'm like, okay, where's Kevin? Like, how's he putting this together? He's sitting in the front. He's reading the Times. I'm seeing how he's setting himself up. Why are you reading all this different stuff? Because you got to stay sharp. And I'm picking up games. He's like, "Zony, sweep the floor, clean the windows. He's doing all the Miyagi shit. Now you got to take pride in your work, son. This is what you got to do. Come back, do these windows over, bust this down, go and all the rest of that stuff. And I'm thinking at the time, you know, when going back to that same, again, I'm afforded the privilege of having multiple different figures that I would say will probably father architecture inside there. It's like, okay, I'm hearing what he's saying. I'm seeing where he's going. And I'm like, oh, now I'm putting two and two together. I was like, oh, okay. I can see where this is at. This is how you got all of this stuff this is what you were trying to go into that direction. So I say that was one of the most formative one. And I would say my last one was the day that I got told and this was for one of the aforementioned companies operating at Club Industry. And this was the best piece of information. This was actually coming from me getting fired at this particular point in time. And I love this story because it made so much sense to me in the world. The context and the backstory. So it's breaking new ground, new country, new area, all the rest of this stuff. And I'm trying to tell them, Hey guys, your stuff's not translating over here because you don't know this culture. You don't know where people are going. You're going to have a hard time selling that. We lost our CEO, tech startup culture. A lot of crazy stuff happens, a lot of undercutting and some really shark like activities going on. So when we lost our CEO who reached out to me today, ironically, not even playing around, but when we lost our CEO, the global CEO, was not able to be reached at a point in time. I'm going through all different types of stress because at that point in time, I'm young, but I'm still in a pretty new C-level position. So I'm still trying to understand and investigate where that's going on. Because I kept reaching out to the global CEO, because I'm telling them that none of this stuff is going to move, my performance, not questionable. The only places that we sold these things, they there today. All the rest of the stuff is like, I have no team, I have no support. What am I supposed to do? Flying back and forth and I'm coming out of pocket for A lot of expenses that I couldn't do. I got a little testy and my fellas over here know how I guess when I get testy. But the thing that happened. But he leads with love. I do lead with love most of the time. It takes a long time for me to get there. But once we there, sorry, we there. What ended up happening in the exit interview, they're saying there's things that a CEO should never have to know or be bothered by. And I said, you know what? I accept that. Guess what I'm going to be now? I appreciate every single thing that you just told me because there's things that a CEO Never have to be worried about a bothered bot. Fucking love that. Guess what? I'm gonna go be. Thank you. I'm out. Cut the check.
1: All right. Uh, brother Corey. Sir. <laughs> After that. Now, uh, you have a life path and a trajectory that is comparable to only Chuck Norris and Dos Eque's man. <laughs> Stay thirsty, my friends. First and foremost. <laughs> so I ask you can you recall a job that didn't pay you that much monetary value, but the life lesson outweighed any money loss?
0: Yeah, but this is when I was a kid. I was like 16, but I've been working there for a good couple of years at this point. And I've never had less than one job. Like I've never had, I've usually had two. So I was at this sneaker spot and, you know, I got kicked out of a lot of schools going through. A lot of places kicked me out. A couple of them said, just don't come back. Here you go. You graduated, right? So as a consequence, I knew people in a bunch of different schools. So what I was doing was hustling out to Jays, right? So I became the number one salesman in this company, which was a pretty large company, sneaker sales. In the whole country. So the bonuses are based on that. So the first bonus I got was a wild check. I got a wild check. I got a check that went to, that I said, I can't show this to my mom because she's going to take this money. Okay. Right? So the next paycheck, same thing went down, moving the same numbers, and my check was man small. So I went to my manager and I said, Hey, I didn't get all my joint. They said, Oh, they put a cap on it. So in two weeks, they figured out to cap my money. So the lesson that I learned from that is no matter how much money you are making for someone else, they will still figure out how to cap yours. So I came to the same conclusion that Tone did, but in a different manner. I said, all right, so from now on, I need to control how my money comes in, because if someone's employing you, they're going to pay you only what they feel like you're worth, regardless of how much you actually bring to them. So after that, I quit that job. I started buying off another person at that spot. And flipping them myself and still getting the same kickoff, but then not getting capped on my breath.
1: Sounds like great entrepreneurial spirit from the both of you gents at a young age, you know? hey man,
0: They teach you you got to do it your own way because they won't let you win.
1: You know what? That I think that's a great space to leave that on. We rose the bar on that entrepreneurial spirit. What I do want to talk about and leave you gents with you know, being the spiritual advisor of the Author strength podcast and all, you mm-hmm. know, I, I like to always bring in a lot of my yoga teacher training and, and things of that nature. Now, gentlemen, can either of you tell me about the word pranayama?
2: It's
1: a chick I knew in college. Okay.
2: That's one of them crazy fish with the teeth that bite you.
0: That is a piranha. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, That's what we used
0: to call Shorty in college. She was a biter. <laughs> yeah. She gave a toothy joint. You know what I'm saying? So
1: we're not going to talk about that young lady. I hope she's well, for sure. But what we will speak on is pranayama, right? Now, pranayama is, of course, a Sanskrit word. You know, so it came up a lot throughout my yoga teacher training. What it can be broken down into is extending one's vital life force, right? With prana, meaning or when you break down the word prana because often in Sanskrit they break down or they add two words together like a compound word and then just kind of say it. So with prana, prana can be referred to as breath, respiration, life, vitality, wind, energy, or strength. Ayama could be referred to as length, expansion, stretching, or restraint right so i bring these up because pranayama refers to your breath work right a lot of times in yoga people never really focus on that breathing your breathing is something that is truly your life force like think of a time when you aren't breathing you aren't alive right that just it just doesn't exist um i wanted to bring this up because i feel like a lot of times people don't people breathe every day and never do it intentionally because it's something that is uh, involuntary, like blinking, right? You don't think about how many times you blink a day, you just do it because your body does it. You don't think about digesting food because your body digests food as soon as you inhale it, right? Breathing can be in that same realm, but it can also be intentional where it can allow you to focus on things like safety, you know, that is directly related to your sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system fight or flight simple way to put it mm-hmm. you know that that response whether I'm going to either fight for my life or I'm running for my life those are your only two actions when we talk about your parasympathetic nervous system we often talk about that rest and digest right mm-hmm. so when I'm taking time to decompress when I'm taking time to to look within right that's really The gist of it is I think enough people aren't taking that time to look within and to actually breathe. When I get people to stretch, you know, especially using the Y C products and I'm giving you the foam roll, I'm giving you the ball to relax. And, you know, I ask people, you know, when's the last time you took an intentional breath? Mm. And they like, what do you mean? I breathe every day. Like, but do you breathe with a purpose? Do you focus on your breath? Do you you know, do you think about restraint? Do you think about controlling your breath? When you was a kid, you would jump in the pool, yeah, I can hold my breath for for a minute underwater, son. When the last time you did that as an adult? Never. Unless you're smelling something that's funky, you like, <laughs> ah, I, I'm not holding my breath, you know? But that's what I wanted to leave y'all with today is make sure you breathe intentional. Right, Corey, when the last time you breathed intentional, good
0: brother? I actually do that a lot when I'm doing my meditation and my stretching and also when I lift.
1: How does that work for you?
0: So um, it's, 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 really, it's really great for developing your lung capacity, but also for just generally getting a lot more effort and load out of a lighter weight. I'm stuck a lot of times, you know, still at the crib doing the at-home workouts. So if you hold that breath, And really pull and engage those muscles and control your rep range while you're working through and then allow yourself to breathe under control. You, one, can control your load a lot better and also get a lot of oxygen debt is the word I was looking for. That oxygen debt will come in and really affect how much you're getting from your workout and how effective it is
2: talking about that Epoch over there.
1: Yes, sir. Good old Epoch for sure. I mean, Tone, I mean, if we're talking about Epoch, we got to be talking about relaxing responsibly,
2: brother. I don't know if that's the setup is that a transition? we'll we'll go with it. We'll let, it, that, we'll let it count. Yo,
1: y'all be hating on my another We'll
2: let it count y'all for it today. Y'all
1: be leading with love, baby. <laughs>
0: I am
2: yo, leading with love in the direction that I
0: never claim to lead with love. You know what I mean? Sometimes I drag love behind me, kicking the street.
2: And listen, as long as wherever you get once you get to that love situation that you can relax, we are going to relax in this relaxation segment, fellas, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off and let you know that it has been hard to come by some relaxation. But yet again, retail therapy has saved your brother over here. So somebody might have heard a PSA that I made the last time. So I will tell you that some of my packages that I have been waiting for started to arrive, amongst which I have now a sound bar and a subwoofer. That I'm pretty happy about because the tune and music I'll always provide a different type of salvation for your brother, when we come back in here. So last time we talked about music on the tip, it was the Binomial Beats, right? That was giving you the Sleepy Time music right now. Um, Yeah, exactly. Giving you all of that. (laughs) All that good work. But now I'm just getting back into my jazz bag, man. And that's really what's been playing throughout the house as I've been trying to get a little bit more of my affairs in order, I should say, right now. So that is how I've kicked back and relaxed. This week. Oh, you're getting that, skit that dilly ding. I was doing skit all of that, that
1: stuff. Dee. Nah,
2: yo, I looked at my, my little breakdown on the music app and I saw that a love supreme has been played thousands of times this year. <laughs> the whole album, beginning, middle, and end. A love supreme is where I've been.
1: I think my song was, uh, number one was Jose Canseco. Okay. Uh, <laughs> West Side Gun and uh, Stove God Cooks. Man, shout out to them. Jose Canseco go. is going to get my bump every time. Hit, no. No, Stove God never mm-hmm. missed. Uh, Relax responsibly for me this week, Brother Tone. Uh Much like you, it's been a hell of a week. And when I'm under stress and under pressure that I put on myself through my own entrepreneurial spirits, there's times where you just got to slow down and do the thing. That you've been avoiding, which was cleaning the bathroom for me this week,
0: man. You know? How how long do you avoid doing that?
1: It was only like a two-week span, but in that two weeks it got crazy. You know what I'm saying? Two weeks
0: is a long time if you if you pee out the bowl. Sometimes you splatter. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying there's gonna be some spray around the way.
2: Listen, this is how you brothers wanted to give it up. Understood. (laughs) I'm gonna let y'all know. Now with that
1: being said. I took the time out to, to clean. I put on some uh some podcasts because obviously, you know, Off the Strength is all I listen to. So when you get that chance to listen to another podcast and say get what?
2: A, they got other podcasts? On I didn't even know, <laughs> right? This was new to me. <laughs> I was other, like, other people doing this? There's other people doing <laughs> this. Crazy. You might mess
1: around and
0: accidentally listen to somebody else thinking it's us because the intros look the same. And Yo, so the bad. Oh, Yo, man,
1: so it out. many pictures and names. I can't even keep up. But with that being said, uh, you know, I, I spoke on. Earlier about my pops being the one to give me chores and stuff like that, so Wednesday was often the day that I had to do my chores because it was the middle of the week, and um that's the time when I had to make sure the bathroom was clean. So moving forward, Wednesday is going to be my day, and uh, just laying down that foundation again, uh that that ritualism, if you will, to have something to look forward to.
2: Righteous man. Uh-huh. Busting suds and listening to podcasts. I see where you was at. Yeah, yeah.
1: I may have to apologize
0: to my neighbors for the way that I relaxed recently because Uh I went outside to stretch. The rain started hitting me. I was real focused and like real into my little meditative moment while I'm stretching out on the grass and everything. And a song hit me and the next thing you know, I'm singing the theme song from The Sound of Music while stretching in the rain. And it felt real cool to me, but it probably really pissed off the people around.
1: Did you uh get your two-finger V up in?
0: I didn't at that time, but I will before I get home, before I get done
2: today. Hey, man, that's what's up. For you and the hills, the uh, hills
0: somewhere. are alive.
2: Bro, that's some, <laughs> I, I never want to walk outside, see a big black dude stretching and singing The Hills Are Alive and I guarantee music. you it made some folks uncomfortable. I'm, I'm sorry I'd, about I'd y'all. Like, hey, there's a dude out here. We got to get him. I don't know, I don't know what he doing. <laughs> I'm already a spectacle <laughs> in my neighborhood. You know what I mean? <laughs> We need to give this brother some help. I don't know where he at. We got to find him. <laughs> man, you got to relax the way you need to relax, my man. And I'm happy to hear that you was kicking it back with no inhibition, completely on zero. And I would like to transition that into the sunset of this show. Fellas, what else are you happy about coming into next week?
1: Man, I got some new deodorant, brothers. You know, it's been a long... I'm happy about that too. Give it up. Bro, it has been a long journey taking (laughs) this route to the natural side. I swear on everything. I was smelling like I hit puberty again. So now that I found the deodorant that actually works, I can relax and be happy and be hopeful. And know that when I smell good, baby, I, yo, when you look good.
2: You smell good? You smell, no, no, no. That no. wasn't a guarantee. <laughs> it was it, what, what
1: Deion Sanders say, uh, when you look good, you feel good. When you feel good, you play good. When you play good, you play good
2: they pay good. Mm, okay. All, All right. right. All right. I'm going to let Jones get Jones just, off. Corey, as long as you ain't <laughs>
0: smelling like you wrestling chipmunks no more, that's a good look.
2: What, what's going on and what are you happy for coming into this week, Corey?
0: Man, I'm happy that you get to choose your family. I think one of the big things that I've appreciated as of late and I definitely appreciate now is the fact that a lot of my family aren't people that I was born with and that were born in with the same last name, um, you brothers included. But I would say for real that I got to choose out my family and pick and choose from the people that I was born with and decide which one of them I wanted to keep in. and that I get to choose the people who I love and love me back. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful, blessed thing that I gave myself that right and privilege
2: right on man right on like keeping the people around you your skin folk your folk, all the good people inside there man and the family that you get to choose brother i appreciate that i'm happy for you in doing that side and i'm also happy to similarly in your story Corey. there is a shedding of some people that it seems like that might mm-hmm. not necessarily be in your account i'm happy of not shedding people but i'm happy of shedding problems coming into this next direction because as we are going forward again relentless march of future goes forward i am happy to put down some of the burdens that have weighed me in the past couple weeks and move forward into a different direction that is going to be intent still based off the same growth that was happening in the preceding week now i'll say this growth is not necessarily in spite of but because of everything that has happened in my life leading up to this uh, standpoint and i do have hope for the resonance that i know it does have on when i feel getting closer to the thing that seemed like it was really far away i'm happy to see that that threshold is not as wide of a gap as i used to think and i'm looking forward to the challenges that i know will be on the other side because the fight is just beginning and i'm happy for it let's get ready to rumble fellas how y'all feeling yes sir yeah All yeah. Right. and on that note once again it's been another fantastic episode of off the strength i'm trying to call tony
0: you're trying to call
2: k.r jones Peace and much love to everybody out there. Until next time, we'll see you soon.